Welcome to another episode of Between Two Trains. My name's Mark Apple. And I'm Eric Most. And today we've got a special guest. We've got Patrick McNulty, the CEO of St. Vincent de Paul, Georgia. Pat, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, guys. Excellent. Excellent. Let's just jump right in. I bet we've got some listeners that are not familiar with St. Vincent de Paul. I would love to know what it is exactly that y'all do over there. Well, sure. Uh, St. Vincent de Paul, I won't, won't give you all the uh, history, but um, give you some of it anyway. Started in 1833, actually outside of Paris, um, by a group of college kids, actually, that were challenged by a peer to uh, live their faith, uh, or demonstrate living their faith. And uh, that that group has, has now... Uh, I guess morphed, if you will, to uh, a, a organization that is in over 100 countries. Uh, the U.S. version, for for lack of a better term, started in 1845 in St. Louis. Um, there are now uh, almost a half a million people involved with the organization in the U.S. From an Atlanta standpoint, it started it started in Atlanta in the early 1900s. Uh, downtown at uh, <clears throat> at the Immaculate Conception uh, Parish and has has also grown quite a bit. We now have over uh, seventy conferences. Conferences are typically associated, but not necessarily with parishes. That that tends to be where they get a lot of their support. We don't directly report to the Catholic Church, but we're affiliated. We share the same values and. And that kind of thing. But our primary mission is to provide uh, hope and help to those in need. We uh, we serve individuals and families. We serve people of any faith, uh, any ethnicity, any nationality, etc. Uh, but our primary focus is to provide uh, emergency funding, uh, food, clothing, and uh, a recent addition is is we we supply. Uh, pharmaceuticals, so uh, medical needs, uh, at least as far as uh, uh, prescriptions and that kind of thing goes. We recently opened a pharmacy uh, to the general public just just literally a few weeks ago as a result of a, a capital campaign that we ran. But the big difference, uh, what really makes St. Vincent de Paul who we are, is the origin of the organization was <clears throat> was to really go to people in need. And, and so we... Um, uh, the, the model behind St. Vincent de Paul is to send people in pairs to uh, go into people's homes and uh, work with them to build a plan to get those folks back on the road to uh, self-sufficiency. There's some training that, that goes into that, of course, uh, but that's that's the essence of, of who we are. Well, and, and Pat, it's uh, most of our Listeners, we've got a large presence that are local to the Chambly, North DeKalb area. And I think, you know, St. Vincent Paul has a location right across from City Hall um, in Chambly. And I know I frequent it. I frequented it a lot over the last 12 months. Um, I think most people are aware of the donation site, you know, if, uh, where they can um, lighter used, you know, clothing or furniture, you know, can be dropped off there. Um, 
in my experience, they accept everything. Pretty much no questions asked. The only thing they wouldn't accept is pillows. There were no pillows that, that were allowed to be accepted. But is there, from a donation center, you know, during quarantine, COVID, everybody's cleaning out, purging. Everyone's at home doing all this stuff. Is there anything that, what works best as a donation? And is there anything that simply doesn't work like pillows, for yeah. example? Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. <clears throat> um yeah, in addition to our, our 70 plus conferences and 40-ish uh, food pantries, which oftentimes are affiliated with the, with the uh, uh, conferences, we've got a dozen thrift stores in the uh, Atlanta metropolitan area, <clears throat> excuse me, primarily in the northern suburbs. Uh, you mentioned Shambly. We do have uh, our, our, our thrift store in Shambly is, is, is one of those 12. Uh, they they do accept uh, uh, furniture, clothing, as you mentioned, uh, artwork, that kind of thing. Uh, I guess shoes would be considered clothing. So, but furniture, furniture and clothing are the are the bulk of what they uh, take in. And as you can imagine, during COVID, uh, thrift stores have have been very popular. Uh, popular as people have been home and looking around the house and, you know, either wanting to declutter or just spending enough time in the house, they're tired of looking at certain things, but uh, it's been, it's been a, a bit of a boon for us in terms of uh, taking that product and then reselling it. And of course, generating money that we can then push back into those service oriented programs that again, provide hope and help to our neighbors in need. And so you were mentioning about how more donations have been coming in during this pandemic. The other side of that, of, of people in need, what have you seen over the, the last 12 months here, here in the metro area? Yeah, good question. You know, our, our typical model has been to go into the homes. Obviously, that's been, that's been uh, uh, we've had to deviate from that. Um, in addition to deviating from that, we have become more transactional. Um, by that, I mean, we have, um, we've gotten involved with a lot of the CARES Act funding. So CARES Act is, is as most, most people think of stimulus, but there's been a lot of money that has come down through counties and through municipalities, through cities, towns. And uh, when that money comes down to those organizations, they typically need organizations like us to help to, to help administer it or to help distribute it. So we've, uh, we, we, we received a, for example, a $750,000 grant from uh, the city of Brookhaven towards the end of last year. We did some work with DeKalb County, Fulton County, Gwinnett County, Cobb County. Uh, we're, uh, we're doing some, some, uh, we're doing some grant uh, distribution for lack of a better term with Shambly. Uh, as well. And um, Doraville, uh, as recent as last week, we were meeting with their city council and they are going to be providing us with close to $100,000 worth of direct aid. That, that primarily is what all the uh, CARES Act money that has gone through the cities and towns and counties has resulted in us distributing direct aid to those in need. 
and each county and each each uh, organization, each government, each government entity has their own uh, set of criteria uh, associated with those uh, with that money that we distribute. It might be uh, they have to show us uh, that they're behind in their electric bill. Uh, they have to show us that they're behind in their rent uh, or mortgage. Most of it has been um, eviction uh, prevention related, but there has been a fair amount that has also been associated with electric or gas charges. And um, in addition to the CARES Act money, we've also participated participated uh, on behalf of uh, Georgia Power, who also has given us a certain amount of money to try to keep uh, keep the power on for folks that are struggling. It's Pat, I find it fascinating how how many different services and how many different ways that you can impact, you know, the lives of, of those in need. And I'm curious, you know, as an organization, you know, teaming up with the municipalities, getting some of these, you know, these fundings from the CARE Act, CARES Act, is that it's St. Vincent Paul is a global organization and it's across the U.S. as well but this is St. Vincent de Paul, Georgia, that you're running. Does it work off a franchise model? How much of this are you paving a new road just for Georgia? And then how much of this is just happening all over the place? Yeah, great question. We're not, we're not uh, technically franchises. We're separate LLC. Uh, I would say just having spent 35 plus years in, in the corporate uh, for-profit world, that it is very... Uh, I would say uh, decentralized in terms of uh, best practices and models. Uh, I would say that the, uh, from my, my relatively brief experience, I'm in my uh, fifth or sixth month now with the organization, but uh, each, each St. Vincent to Paul is uh, I would say somewhat tailored to their individual markets. So I'm working with uh, my counterpart in Dallas, for example, uh, a mentor mentee relationship and they they are uh, they've only got two thrift stores uh, but their pharmacy uh, world is is much bigger they also have an after school program uh, there are uh, there, there's another one in Madison Wisconsin that does uh, has a has a, sh a shelter an overnight shelter uh, Cincinnati has got a, a very good size st. Vincent Paul that that um, actually, feeds people at lunchtime every day from 11 to one. And again, from four to six. So there are some, I would say there are some uh, three or four common uh, offerings or, or uh, uh, factors or aspects of each, each uh, St. Vincent de Paul, but there are many, uh, many features, if you will, of, of the different, chapters or the different societies that are different from one to the other for sure so what what was i didn't realize you were so so new and recent to saint vincent de paul what's your what's your background yeah, so my background is in the uh, in the corporate world uh, primarily business to business services i spent most of my life in the uh, corporate security world i ran uh, a pretty good sized company here in Atlanta called uh, Barton Protective Services, which was, uh, we were the premier provider of security services for class A office buildings and corporate headquarters and uh, did some event security. But um, 
<clears throat> we were acquired in the early 2000s, and I've um, since then gone on to work for the acquiring company and then uh, went, went into a couple of other business-to-business uh, services that were typically somewhat like uh, St. Vincent de Paul in that they, in that they were geographically dispersed, uh, I would say, uh, labor, labor-intensive um, uh, people being the product, really, uh, businesses. So intangible service businesses. And, and uh, that's been my, my background is primarily general management. I've either led sales or sales and operations. And uh, most recently helped a woman-owned business in Dallas. I was actually commuting from here to Dallas for two years, helping a, a, a woman, small business owner, get her business ready to sell. And we did that. And uh, you know, I was in a position where I could do something where I could you know, give back as much as anything and, and not be as focused on next week or next month or next quarter's numbers and more focused on uh, really giving back. Well, um, so six months ago, so um, you got tossed into the fire because I was right in the middle of 2020, which, you know, obviously it sounds like really shaped the dynamics a little bit of of the organization. I mean, you've got unprecedented levels of funding to the municipalities you mentioned. You've got more than likely an unprecedented amount of giving and donations for the thrift store, you know, the 12, you know, you know, the dozen you know, thrift stores throughout Atlanta. Um, how do you, how do you manage that? Well, you know, I just want to want to correct, not correct, but maybe modify one of the things you said, you know, funding did, you know, a lot of people say, well, gosh, did, how, how did funding go in COVID? Because there are a lot of questions that <clears throat> maybe the church, church giving, because a lot of people obviously weren't going to church. Most church services were, um, either closed down or virtual or, or uh, that kind of thing. And um, initially, you know, giving did, did, did do well, let's say. Um, but the last few months, I think we've started to see, <clears throat> excuse me, maybe more of the impact of um, COVID really uh, affecting people's finances more long-term. So it's, a little bit of a wall, but but yes, overall we 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 were fortunate in that I think a lot of people um, recognized that this was a very unique time and uh, stepped up, and and so we were we were very much the uh, uh, grateful benefactors of, of of folks stepping up. I think for us as an organization, it was um, it's been a challenge, you know, every day. Uh, you've had to pivot. I know that's an overused word these days, but truly, I think, you know, when people talk about 2020, uh, if you're any, just about any kind of business profit or nonprofit, you've had to do a lot of pivoting and and we have as well. Uh, we built, we just finished this capital campaign right before I got on board and a beautiful new facility right at the North end of Peachtree DeCab airport uh, on Shambly Tucker road, just fantastic renovation uh, renovation that was done in, in with keeping the the Shambly spirit, if you will, in in mind. If you were to see the inside of the facility, which I would encourage people to do, um, and as you're comfortable, we give you distance tours, of course, and 
as COVID hopefully dissipates, we'll be, we, we're, we're going to do a, um, we're going to reschedule our open house that we were supposed to have in, in the fall of 2020. But um, that facility was built with the, the premise that a lot of folks within 10, 15 mile area would come in and use our food pantry there, which is uh, expanded uh, with the help of people like Kroger and and uh, Truist Bank and, and some of our main supporters. But um, that that so that's that's obviously been altered. We've had to do more outbound uh, food delivery, and uh, our pharmacy, as I said, just opened. But that's you know been a little slower start too. But our we've had to pivot there, and we're we're shipping. Uh, subscription uh, prescriptions to folks as they need it, and uh, so we've had to, we've had to alter a lot of a lot of the different things that we do. But um, but but all in all, we're you know we things are things are overall good. Excellent, excellent. Why don't we take a quick break here? We've got a commercial to play, and we will be back in thirty seconds. Thanks for listening. A great website search engine marketing, email newsletters, videos on YouTube. And don't forget Facebook and Instagram for social media. How is a local business owner supposed to keep up with marketing their business and also be responsible for running their business? The truth is, you can't. And you don't have to grow your company alone. Find out how other business owners are doing it when you schedule your free marketing consultation at forwardpush.com. We're local and ready to help you. And welcome back to Between Two Trains. This is Eric Moss here with Mark Apple. We are speaking with Patrick McNulty of St. Vincent de Paul of Georgia. And we've just gotten done canvassing uh, the entirety of what St. Vincent de Paul does. And I'm curious to ask, um, how do you deliver that? Because it's a big operation and you just were talking about pivoting. Do you have employees? Do you rely on volunteers? How do you do it? Yeah, great, great question. Uh, our staff, our paid staff is less than uh, twenty-five, so um, so so it's relatively lean. We've got uh, two or three folks in development. Uh, we've got uh, f- half a dozen uh, truck drivers who are out out. Uh, Picking up furniture, making the the uh, uh, deliveries to our food pantries and to our thrift stores. Excuse me. Um, we we have uh, a couple of folks in in mission services. Those are people that work directly with the uh, conferences. We've got uh, a few. Uh, we've got a finance team of, of three. We have uh, three or four folks that work on uh, special case work. So they're, they're people that have helped us with a lot of these um, special grants. And then we have a couple of folks in programs. So they're the ones that are helping get the pharmacy going. They're helping uh, with uh, a couple of the other programs that we do. We provide financial assistance for folks during tax time. Um, and uh, they help coordinate a lot of the food pantry activity too. So not, not won't give you the whole breakdown, but essentially twenty people, and then approximately five thousand volunteers across the state. So that's a big number. Wow, are, are these regulars, or are they, you know, return, or are these high school kids looking for service hours? Who, who are they? 
Yeah, most of the five thousand, most of those five thousand are what we call Vincentians. Those are the people that have had the the specialized training on on casework. So, how to work with folks in need and how to ask the right questions, how to how to uh, help pray and, and uh, together, and how to help work out a, a kind of a long term plan. So that's the bulk of them. The uh, and a lot of those folks are. Uh, tend to be older, uh, folks that have a little more time on their hands, and um, folks that also are in a position to give back. They uh, they either have uh, what they feel is a uh, the capability to uh, provide with you know time, talent, and treasure. And for some, it's two of those, and for some, it's just uh, a treasure. But uh, we uh, the, the the vast majority of them are I would say older adults and it's it uh, breaks down to um, uh, it's not predominantly male or female it's it's almost uh, across gender lines how you might expect we do get some youth groups um, from you know neighboring high schools um, that want to do projects and and uh, but those tend to be more of a you know, one Saturday in the fall and one Saturday in the spring type of deal. But we, we don't count them in that 5,000 volunteer base. The 5,000 volunteers are what I would consider permanent. They're not necessarily a uh, certain number of hours per week. They may work, you know, every third Thursday for four or five hours, but uh, they're, they're uh, permanent, but maybe not full time. Patrick, I'd like to know, how did the volunteer staff deal with the pandemic? You mentioned that it's mainly older people, and certainly that was a, a concern during the height of the pandemic when you yeah. came aboard. Tell us about that and certainly what's happening now. If, if people want to volunteer, what, do you, what are you seeing? What are you hearing? Are people still interested in coming out and helping others? What's what's happening? Yeah, great question. Um, we definitely saw a... a slow down, particularly kind of that May through July timeframe last year. Uh, people really, you know, that there was a lot of information that hadn't come out yet in terms of, you know, what you could or couldn't do. Um, we actually closed our thrift, had to close our thrift stores for about an eight week period there last year. Um, so yes, and a lot of our volunteers uh, their whole, a lot of their activity is based on in-home visits, physical in-person visits. We're starting to see those trickle back now. We're working around some of the uh, issues around that. They, they now are meeting in um, larger facilities where they can keep a, a wider distance. Uh, but a lot of it, unfortunately, has, has had to have been done over phone, uh, over the phone or Zoom uh, some of those kinds of things. But uh, as you might imagine, some of the folks that we're serving don't always have access to uh, Wi-Fi or the internet. And so a lot of it, unfortunately, has been done by phone. But we're starting to see it uh, uh, come back a little bit right now, just in the last uh, four, four to six weeks. Um, we're starting to see people be more comfortable with it uh, and realize that, you know, double mask or mask up and keep the distance and, and we, and we'll find, we'll find a way to meet with folks. So you mentioned something earlier. Um, you're now 
as an organization going to be a vehicle for delivering vaccines? Or uh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, although we interestingly did get a call from uh, DeKalb County last week to see if if we would make our facility available for vaccines, we we told them yes. Uh, they said they would put us in a queue. We haven't heard back on that, but no, we have. Uh, so a lot of our food delivery uh, is the result of people that normally would come into the food pantry uh, and and do some some shopping uh, with a voucher that they get at one of the local conferences or around the Shambly area. If they if they live around the Shambly area. They can come directly to our uh, community support center there, which is our basically our headquarters on Shambly Tucker Road. Um, they they can come there directly, and 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 uh, but that some of that some of those people have been uncomfortable with coming to uh, to the physical facility. So in those cases, we've had a lot of volunteers that will come by Shambly, pick up the food. We've got it sorted by the family name, and then they'll deliver the food to folks in apartment complexes, uh, Brookhaven, Shambly, Doraville, et cetera, uh, up into Gwinnett and you know, further further south into DeKalb and, and Fulton County. Any, any idea, Pat, how many on a daily or maybe a monthly basis or weekly, you know, how many people you end up serving and how many people you impact? Well, we, est- we estimate that last year uh, we provided direct service to uh, somewhere between 125 and 140,000 people. So, you know, on a on a on a uh, monthly basis, you're you're talking about you know essentially in, SS- in excess of 10,000 people. So it's it's a it's a wide it's a wide net and uh, net net's probably the wrong expression, but wide distribution channel, and uh, we feel good about that. Um, we haven't finalized our numbers for, for 2020 yet. We're actually in the process of that, working with our third-party auditors and all. And um, But it, it's going to be, I think it's going to be close to 150,000 people. So coming in, I mean, we've, we've covered a lot of areas about the organization. Yeah, you, you've been in place for a few months. Is there anything, any mission, anything outside of just giving back and, um, you know, kind of switching it up from the corporate world? Is there anything that you're committed to that you want to grow or you want to introduce any direction you want to take the organization? Yeah, great, great question as well. Um, Two things, I think, and and we've started to do one of them already, uh, and that is just sharing best practices uh, on a more regular basis. So, you, you talked about franchise earlier. Um, I don't know that we're ever going to get to that, but I think there's a there's a happy medium uh, in route to that. And wh- what do I mean by that? Give you a quick example. We've got a thrift store in Kennesaw that just does phenomenally well. Um, we need to be able to replicate some of the things that they're doing and share it with our thrift store in Stone Mountain, our thrift store in um, Gwinnett, Duluth, um, Lilburn. Uh, so, so those kinds of things. We've got uh, food pantries in certain places that are d- doing things very well. So, just uh, communicating as a as a as an organization better. Uh, that's one thing that we're trying to do. We've 
we've started to schedule and have more frequent town halls where we can uh, we can let some of the conferences share those kinds of uh, success stories with their peers. The other thing, uh, I mentioned two things, and so best practice sharing is one. The other uh, big item for us as we go forward this year and into next is we need to become a better uh, source for uh, employment opportunities. And what does that mean? Well, we don't have that completely determined yet, but when we did the capital campaign, part of our, our pledge to our donors was to become a workforce development center. Uh, originally, that was based on applicants and people uh, either in need of uh, a better job or in need of employment at all coming to Shambly and working with them on the soft skills and, and getting them back in the workplace. Don't know that that's exactly what we're going to do. There's a lot of people in that space already. Uh, and one thing I think COVID taught us is that there's there are a lot of things you can do vis-a-vis -vis technology that you don't have to do in person. So we're working with some other organizations to help determine what, what that might look like. And I think this year we're refreshing our strategic plan. And um, I think one of the things that will come out of that is a better idea of what that workforce development center will look like. It's interesting, Pat. One of the things you just mentioned there was about technology and how through this pandemic, we've learned how to use it. I think no matter where you are in life, everyone has sort of had to grab onto doing new things in new ways. And Eric and I have talked about this before with other guests is that we've now sort of all developed these habits. Um, you know, some of us haven't been to a grocery store in a year because we can have our groceries delivered in, in two hours. And in the case of St. Vincent de Paul, you mentioned the delivery of food. Is that something that you see continuing when the pandemic is sort of over and certainly whatever over means that, that you've developed habits for people to now understand that delivery is available and that it is a, a good way to make sure that they've got food on their tables? Yeah, that's that's a interesting question. One of the things, one of the big premises of, of our organization is to try to lead folks back to self-sufficiency. So I'm not sure that we want to be I'm not sure that we want to go too far down the path of us constantly delivering. Um, one of the basic uh, uh, themes of, of who we are is, is making sure that as we treat the poor and as we go to the poor and those in need, that, that we treat all those folks with dignity and respect. And I know a lot of organizations speak like that, but that, that was one of the original founding principles of St. Vincent de Paul back in the mid 1800s. And as part of that, uh, we want people to be able to come into the food pantry and do their own shopping, really. Um, have selection, have choice, and, um, and, and also uh, become more self-sufficient by realizing that they've got to um, start down that path of uh, taking care of themselves. Um, if there were people listening who want to get involved or want to find out more information, what's a good way to start exploring that? Yeah, the best, best way is, uh, go to our website, 
as, at uh, www.svdpgeorgia.org, O-R-G. And uh, from there, you can, you know, you can forward slash to pharmacy or forward slash to volunteer opportunities. But if you go to that, that main website, which is decent, that's, a, that's another thing that we're trying to improve. That'll be number three, I think, on, on one of the things we get done in 2020. But, uh, but, but it's, it's functional and it's uh, substantial enough that um, it will address the uh, concerns that you might have or, or ways that you can help or get involved. Um, Mark, you, you like playing the, uh, the game, uh, one word game. Is it, is it time to put Pat on the spot? I think we definitely should. I love that we just gave out the website. So now we've got our listeners, the knowledge on where they can find out more information about the pharmacy donations uh, all the thrift stores that are around the metro area as well. So, Pat, we're going to put you on the spot here. It's an easy game because your answer only requires one word. And we'd love to know either your one word that describes your business philosophy or your own personal philosophy. And only one word, sir. Others. Others. And what does that mean to you? Now we'll get a little more information. Oh, out of you. I thought it was only going to be one word. <laughs> <laughs> Tricked you. No, it's, um, I guess I mentioned earlier that I'm in a, in a position to uh, be able to focus on others uh, in, in, in work. And uh, just from a philosophy, I, I, I grew up, I, I went to a um, Jesuit high school outside of Chicago, and uh, their founding uh, Principal Al uh, is Saint Ignatius Loyola, and um, big part of the Jesuit underlying philosophy is is service to others, and uh, uh, I think that's just where I am and uh, who I try to be as as much as possible. It's it's not uh, it's certainly imperfect, and I wish I could say I'm doing it 24 hours a day or even my waking hours, but. Um, I try to make that a, a central theme of, of uh, who I am and what I'm doing. Perfect. Patrick, thank you so much for being here and thank you what, what you do for others. I know we appreciate it. My name is Mark Apple. And I'm Eric Moss. And you've been listening to another episode of Between Two Trains. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you next week.